The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. On June 3rd, 2022, just outside the small town of Troy in northwestern Montana, a three-year-old boy wanders away from home, but he's found safe two days later in the middle of the Montana forest. How could he survived? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Riker Webb. Four-year-old boy has been found safe after surviving two nights alone in the remote wilderness of Montana. Riker Webb was reported missing Friday after playing with the family's dog in their yard. Rescuers found him on Sunday, just a few miles from where he disappeared. He was hungry and cold, but is okay. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, Coach, we've had some... uh, Nasty storms come rolling through since, uh, what, about three or four days before the 4th? I know, man. It was bad. Yeah, there's lots of power outages everywhere. It rained here like I never thought it'd stop. Like, it was a lot. It got dark enough yesterday and Friday that the street lights came on. Damn. Yeah, we went to the fireworks in my hometown, and it just we couldn't even see them. Like that's how bad it was. Like you couldn't even see the fireworks. That's how it was foggy and mucky it was. Welcome to the South in July, August, and part of September. Well, it's better than it being. Yeah, air horribly hot. I was gonna say we had air temperature one hundred two, and then. With the heat index, it was like 110. Not like our friends in Arkansas. Their air temperature was like 105, heat index 115, 118. So they've been uh, sweltering out there in the Great Diamond State. But I think you have a little five-star review. I do. If I can find it. All right. It is from... Well, let me get on the email so I can get their name. It is from Pod Junkie, and she or he says, Best podcast, five stars. I absolutely love your podcast. I'm not sure how I found you, but I'm glad I did. I have lived all my life near where Flight 2511 crashed and had never heard of it. I started with the first podcast, and I'm working my way up. Keep them coming. Hashtag Bigfoot is alive. That's awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. We got a new patron, uh, Mr. I, well, I'll take that back. I assumed. I should not assume. The username is CA underscore coach. Uh oh, you got a little bit, you got a little, uh, competition there, bud. Uh, CA, I'm assuming is California. So, you know, they're not going to take my job anytime soon. He says, <clears throat> gentlemen, I have listened to every one of your shows in the last six months. 
While I walk my dog in the morning, your selection of topics, your approach to the issues, as well as your banter makes each one of my morning walks that much more enjoyable. Thank you for putting together this catalog of passionate work. Coach, I have rolled with Ed O'Neill, and it was awesome. What? Yep. He says he taught me as he kicked my butt. He was also great talking time to pose for pictures with fans who were interested in doing so, asking all the kids to put him in a rear naked choke for the picks. Oh, that's awesome. The one recommendation I would like to see you guys tackle is the Monster of Florence case. Consider it done, sir. Uh, I lost my place. Not only is it an interesting case, I'd like to hear both of your thoughts, but I can't wait to hear Arlo pronounce some of the names in the case. <laughs> uh, the prosecutor there also screwed up the murder of Meredith Karcher. Keep up the great works from all of us out here listening. Thank you. P.S. I have never left a review for anything else online in my 40 plus years. I also hate signing up for shit, but you guys do a great job. And the least I could do is say thank you. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we, Dude, I really want to roll with that O'Neill so bad. I always thought that he would he'd be very approachable and nice. He seems that way. He does. He seems like a genuine good person. We have had a couple of people ask about a specific Patreon RSS feed. That is, Miss Leffler has asked about that. Miss Leffler, I am not ignoring your comments. Uh, that is beyond my scope of technical capabilities, so I have reached out. I'm sure it's real easy, but it'll happen. That's all I can say. I don't, I don't know what an RSS feed is. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. So... <laughs> But anyway, all right, so let's do this. We have the case. We're going to open it up with the case of Riker Webb, like you heard in the intro, but we're going to throw in a couple of more to just blow your mind. And if you're unfamiliar with Riker Webb, this one is probably internet famous for the before and after photos of young Riker. Yeah, the after photos was wild. Yes, this young man went through something, and you can tell that from the photo we will put that on our socials along with anything else we can find on the other cases yeah that boy got put through it yes he did don't even look the same no no so here we go ladies and gentlemen mr rocker webb on june 3rd 2022 a three-year-old rocker webb was playing with his father and dog in the backyard of their home in the small northwestern town montana town of troy Riker's dad went inside to grab something, and when he came out, he does not see Riker at all. The dog, however, is still in the yard. Mr. Webb would comment that the dog seemed, quote, unsettled. Riker's dad said that he had gone inside and was back outside in under a minute. Whatever the time frame is, Riker seemingly vanished into thin air. Thinking that he could not have gone very far in that short a time, Riker's family searched the area around their house and asked their neighbors if they had seen him. After searching for almost two hours, the Webb's neighbors contact the police and report Rocker missing. Authorities immediately launched a search team to locate Rocker. The team included 50 ground searchers, a dog team, helicopters, drones, and all-terrain vehicles. Even a code red alert was sent to the nearby residents, urging them to search their properties. Almost immediately after searchers arrived at the staging area, the search efforts were hindered by thunderstorms that continued to worsen over the weekend. Sounds pretty familiar when we're talking about missing people. 
Temperatures dropped into the low 40s during the search, and searchers did weather the rain and searched on foot. The area in which Riker went missing has a lot of overgrowth and dense vegetation. When the weather breaks, the search kicks off into high gear. Two days after he was reported missing on June 5th, 2022, Riker is located in a shed behind an old log cabin at Pine Ridge Road and South Fork Bull River Road in Sanders County. That equates to the young man traveling nearly 2.4 miles from his home, and that's air miles. Now, Sheriff Darren Sort of Lincoln County stated that Riker was found by the owners of the log cabin. When interviewed, the owners stated that they thought they had heard what they considered a child's voice coming from the shed. And they were going toward the shed to inspect the generator to the cabin. When they open the door to the shed, they find Riker lying in a lawnmower grass catcher bag. Sheriff Short stated, I'm sorry, not short, sort, stated, quote, he had some bruises on his face and nose along with some scratches on his legs. He had the wide-eyed, scared look until he got back to his mom and dad, end quote. So he was found in a, like, did you say a lawnmower clippings bag? Well, the way they, yeah, basically, the way it sounds like, I'm sure everybody's seen those cloth-looking bags that hang off the back of those lawn tractors. They've got, some tractors have like two or three of those bags. And so I, they surmised that he had climbed into one of those to stay warm. Yeah, I would assume, assume it was to be warm, but that's crazy. Yeah. When asked where he had gone, Riker told his parents and the authorities that he had gone for a walk and got tired after getting lost. Riker was taken to the local hospital, and after a medical evaluation that only showed he was a little bit dehydrated, he was discharged to his parents. Sheriff Sort believes that, quote, once the rain started to hit and the thunderstorm started to hit, Riker was smart enough, even as a three-year-old, to take cover in that shed. I truly believe that he took cover in that shed from Friday evening until he was found on Sunday, end quote. Searchers explained that Riker had left, quote, clues as to which way he traveled. Searchers found several rocks turned over along the route that Riker took to get to the cabin. Now, young Riker loves to look for bugs with his family, and investigators believe that he wandered off from his home and started searching for bugs under the lock. Rocks. Rocks. So the way it's kind of surmising, there's some illustrations in a couple of YouTube videos. It looks like he just started walking, got probably, I guess, distracted by a bug, and it crawled under a rock, so he decided to start flipping rocks, but he piled them up in, like, little groups of, like, two to four, and so they would find these, and I guess the way the articles state, he probably would have been found by searchers just following those rocks, but it's unclear as to where that little breadcrumb trail stopped. But thank God the owners of that cabin just happened to be up there checking their generator or young rocker may have never been found. Yeah. That's just dumb luck. Yeah. So our next little case is Casey Hathaway. Now this one's we already not, done. Yeah. We already done one. That's rocker baby. That's rocker in a nutshell. That's like a five-minute case. I know. That's why we had to do more than one. <laughs> <laughs> now, Casey Hathaway disappeared 
on June, I'm sorry, January 22nd, 2019. Again, this young man is three years old. He was playing outside with his two sisters in his grandmother's yard in Ernal, North Carolina. At around 1 p.m., Casey's two sisters go inside. And when the grandmother asked where Casey's at, they stated that, hey, he was right behind us. And the grandmother's like, well, hey there, people, he's not there now. And she goes out, looks around, does not see Casey anywhere. It's crazy to think that you could lose track of your three-year-old. Like, how does, I don't, I don't understand how it happens. I will say this. When my son was three, we went to Home Depot one day, and within a blink of an eye, that little turd was one aisle over inside the back stock thinking it was funny. So they're quick. I'm not throwing any shade at the parents. Them little three-year-olds are quick. So grandmother and other relatives of Casey's searched for him for approximately 45 minutes after not finding any sign of the young boy. They alerted the Craven County Sheriff's Office immediately. He disappeared at 200 Toller Road on the border of Craven and Pamlico Counties. Now, Sheriff Chip Hughes stated that approximately 100 people arrived to help search within an hour of Casey being reported missing. That number would grow to almost 600 searchers by the next morning. Wow. Sheriff Hughes had to turn some of those searchers away the evening of the disappearance due to not having enough deputies to organize search parties quick enough. He was afraid that that large number of searchers without a plan would hampen the search yeah they probably would have destroyed evidence if they came across it didn't even realize it yeah not having not being organized would definitely put a hamper on things yes so they go the next morning and by then the north carolina bureau of investigation along with the fbi and marines from both camp lejeune and camp cherry point were on scene searching so temperatures on January 23rd of 2019 would plummet into the low 30s, high 20s. When Casey disappeared, he was wearing a blue Nike jogging suit with black pants and blue trim. These are not the types of clothing that would keep this young man warm in those temperatures. Despite the massive search through Wednesday, there was no sign of Casey. To make matters worse, the temperature had gotten as low as 24 degrees for approximately 11 hours on Wednesday. Search planes and helicopters equipped with thermal imaging units were deployed along with tracking dogs. Authorities were worried that Casey may have fallen into a sinkhole or an old well. Now, Sheriff Hughes stated that the department, quote, have shifted efforts to professionally trained search teams, turning away most volunteers due to a heavy rain and strong winds in the area, end quote. So on January the 24th, around 10.30 p.m., Casey is located by a search and rescue team roughly a quarter mile from his grandmother's home and roughly 40 to 50 yards off of Aurora Road. Shane Greer, captain of the Chakawini EMS, found young Casey as reported by ABC Channel 11 in North Carolina, quote, we responded to a tip and found him by his voice. We disentangled him from some briars and brought him out, end quote. 
Craven County Sheriff Chip Hughes said he didn't believe that Casey had been in that same area the entire time, but he was very cold and very verbal when they found him. Quote, hadn't they, hadn't they searched that area beforehand? Yes. He was not there? Correct. Which is a Another. key component to the missing 411. Yep. We've got temperatures plummeting. We've got weather moving in. We've got search area already being searched and no sign of the missing. We've got professional dogs that can't track. It all checks the boxes. Yep. Now, Sheriff Hughes would state, quote, considering the conditions, I think he's doing very well, end quote. He said Casey could be heard calling for his mom when they found him. When he was found, he was said to be in good condition and not suffering from hypothermia. The terrain in which Casey was found was described by Sheriff Hughes as, quote, dangerous and treacherous. The area is flooded and filled with sinkholes. Even the train searchers had trouble navigating it safely. There were no signs that the boy had take or been taken by a third party, end quote. And that rumor started very quickly when searchers started looking. They were afraid that he had been abducted as he walked out of the yard. A reporter from CNN asked, quote, did Casey indicate how he got in there by himself, end quote. Sheriff Hughes stated that Casey had not spoken about the ordeal as of yet, but did say that he himself had to wade through a lot of water to get to Casey. This begs the question of how a three-year-old boy survived for three days in those conditions and in an area that professional searchers struggled to navigate. ABC Channel 13 in North Carolina stated or reported that a local person heard what he thought was a child crying that evening and alerted searchers. What is odd is that several search teams stated they also heard what they thought was a child crying during their searches but was never able to locate the sound or the source of the sound, I should say. At a press conference later in the evening of January 25th, 2019, a reporter asked Sheriff Hughes how Casey was able to survive. Sheriff Hughes stated, quote, he didn't really get into how he was able to survive. He did say that he had a friend in the woods that was a bear that was with him for two days. He still had all of his clothes on, but he was absolutely soaked. To get to him, our rescuers had to wade through waist-high water. Casey was not quite at waist-high when we when he was found entangled in the briars, end quote. And there's a lot to unpack there. Basically, Casey weighs about 50 pounds, I think one article said, and he stands just under three feet tall. So if the adults, grown adults, say if you've got an average six-foot adult, they're wading through waist-high water, Casey would have had to submerge himself completely to get to where they found him. And the way that they talk about him being entangled in those briars is he's actually up off the ground, kind of stuck in there. Now, he was found in an area that rescuers had searched previously, like Coach had alluded to. He survived three days in the wilderness in rainy, windy, and below freezing temperatures. And when he was found... He had few scratches on him, and his clothes were wet, but he himself had no indications of hypothermia. 
How is that even possible? That's a damn good question. In an article on WCTI News Channel 12's website, a reporter interviewed Sheriff Hughes. Quote, some people want to know how a child could survive those frigid temperatures for three days, and some believe Casey wasn't lost, but instead abducted and later placed in the woods, end quote. Sheriff Hughes would respond with, quote, everybody's got a theory about what took place and how there is no way this child could have survived. The notion that he was sitting in a house or a vehicle for two days and put out there a couple hours before we found him is absolutely not true. His core temperature was very low. His fingers had a little bit of frostbite. A lot of it, according to what medical was telling us, was conducive for him being out in the elements for an extended period of time. The coldness, the wet, and just the terrain we were dealing with, this kid was looked after. Make no mistake about it, end quote. So when he confirms that he was looked after, so there may be something to this little story about, quote, unquote, a bear. But to me, that doesn't sound like bear behavior. This is not Winnie the Pooh. I can guarantee you that. Well, you know, if we're going to get to it, I'm sure, but it just doesn't sound like bear behavior. It sounds more like... um, I'm just going to go ahead and say the Sasquatch. The Sam Squanch. That's what I was thinking. Maybe a three-year-old doesn't know the difference between Correct. a Bigfoot and a bear. And, I mean, possibly Bigfoot uh, saw him, took care of him. That's right. That's what a lot of people believe. Now, That's Sheriff, what I believe. I'm right there in that camp, too. Now, Sheriff Hughes also addressed the story about the bear in the woods and said that it is a story that Casey told his mom at the emergency room. She told the sheriff that Casey said he was with his friend, the bear. Quote, I don't know if he, if that meant he saw a bear. I don't know if that meant a bear embraced him or what it meant. Casey conveyed to his mom that he never once heard anyone yelling his name until right before he was found. I thought it was a very cute story, and if that's what helped that child survive this, you know what? I'm going to embrace that story that came from a three-year-old to his mom and then to us, end quote. So, saying, I'm just saying, like, I don't think the kid would, I mean, it's a three-year-old. He's got no reason to lie. Maybe he was delusional. Maybe he imagined it, but I don't think he's lying. No, I agree with you. And if he was in a house or abducted and put somewhere, he would be intelligent enough to state that. Correct. Like, I was at a house. I was with people. And then they threw me in the woods. Well, and they interviewed that WCTI, and I guess my notes did not update, but um, I had it in the notes. But basically, they interview a guy that teaches about bear behavior and he was like don't get it twisted this is not bear behavior i don't want people thinking you can just go out there and befriend a bear no (laughs) not wise no not at all so i I don't north carolina it mostly be black bears anyway and they probably would avoid you correct and that's what the guy said more likely than more likely than anything but you still don't want to don't chance it no and he said that you never approach a wild animal and it kind of echoed what you said about black bears being in the area and they more than likely will turn and run away unless you are threatening their cubs. So I, it's just, it's crazy, man. I will say that it is crazy. Agreed. 
But I think, I think he he uh, befriended a Sasquatch, and Sasquatch knew that that kid was in trouble and decided to help. I agree, man. I completely agree. Now there are some pictures online on that News Channel Twelve ABC out of Burn or Bernie, North Carolina, so you can search that. But he, there's a pretty good article of I think it was a year after the ordeal, uh, where Sheriff Hughes goes and visits him, and he's just a happy little four year old now. I mean, none, no harm, no foul. He may or may not ever remember it, but I think um, I was trying to find the guy's name. I can't find it. So anyway, but but if you're interested, that WCTI News Channel 12 ABC out of North Carolina, go to their website, type in Casey Hathaway, and you can find a plethora of articles. <laughs> <laughs> The next one we come to is one that we considered doing as part of a whole episode on where this young child went missing. And this one's pretty famous. This one is the story of Catherine Van Oust. And in 1946, the Van Oust family made their way to Devil's Den State Park near West Fork, Arkansas. Now, Devil's Den State Park is a 2,500-acre wilderness area that is an attraction for tourists in the area. People visit the park to enjoy activities such as picnicking, camping, hiking, mountain biking, horseback riding, and seeing the numerous sandstone caves, bluffs, ravines, rock shelters, and crevices that dot the area. And you can even hunt for fossils in the state park. The area is a very popular destination for families looking to enjoy the great outdoors. So in 1946, the Oust family were near their campsite and their daughter, eight-year-old Catherine, was playing in the creek in her bathing suit as her brothers fished along with her father. Her father and her brothers were right near Catherine and basically looks away, they all look away for a moment or they're camp, concentrating on fishing and when they look back, she's gone. It was just thought that she had gone off for a bit or that she had just basically walked back to the campsite, which was only 30 yards away from where they were in the creek. Now, when Catherine's father decides to go and make sure that she was at the campsite, he is horrified to discover that his wife has not seen Catherine. It was as oh, wow. if she had vanished into thin air. The family fans out and begins to yell for Catherine, but she was not answering back. As they continued searching the woods and campsite with no sign of her, the family notified park officials and a large-scale search began. Searchers methodically searched the entire area for several square miles with a sense of urgency due to the fact that the last time Catherine was seen, she was barefoot and dressed in nothing but a bathing suit. Now, the search lasted for six days with no sign of Catherine. Hope was fading until the last day of the search when a team of volunteer searchers were deep in the forest and passed by a cave. To their utter amazement, shock, all whatever you want to throw in there as an adjective, Catherine suddenly appears at the mouth of the cave and casually waves at them. 
According it's to just the, the one where she's just like, here I am. Yep. According to those who were there, she was extremely and unnervingly calm, almost in a daze when she simply uttered, here I am. That's crazy. Hey, guys, what's going on? What's, what y'all like, doing up here? Like, what are y'all looking for? Like, what? what? Like, what? are you kidding? <laughs> Now, this cave was located around seven air miles from the family's campsite and six feet higher in elevation than the creek where she had originally been playing. So when searchers recreated the route in which they believe Catherine took to get to the cave, they are shocked and bewildered that an eight-year-old girl had walked nearly 30 miles zigzagging through harsh, steep, treacherous wilderness terrain in her bathing suit with no shoes on. Yeah, I couldn't walk 30 miles with, you know, boots and a walking stick and a rascal scooter. I still couldn't do a 30 miles. Yeah, and me both. (laughs) The area surrounding the cave is riddled with rocky terrain, overgrown forests, and steep hills. Authorities were shocked at how Catherine could have walked that distance covering that terrain barefoot in just six days. Her feet were described as swollen, and she was also covered with insect bites and scratches from briars, but her feet were not shredded as to having climbed sheer rock faces. So Hmm. it was apparent to the people that found her that she had done some wondering, but overall, she was in great shape for an eight-year-old who had been in the wilderness for six days. Another oddity was Catherine didn't seem to be in nearly as poor condition you would have suspected after covering so much distance. One of the searchers commented that even a properly equipped adult would have had a tough time matching her appearance after taking her serendipitous route. I mean, how do you explain that? You just can't explain. No, all of these 30 are Thirty miles? 30 miles? 30 land miles. Seven air miles. And she's just like, hey, hey guys, what's up? How's it going? I got some mosquito bites. I'm look, I got a couple of scratches, but where y'all going? <laughs> yeah, like, here I am. Like, that's insane. It is insane. Now, the cave she was in did have a freshwater spring, and despite her little scrapes and scratches and bruises, she was nothing, basically, she was no worse for wear. As with several of these odd disappearances, the place that she was found had already been thoroughly searched, not only by ground searchers and traffic, traffic, tracking dogs, not once, but twice, and the area had been searched via airplane. So why, and more importantly, how had she just suddenly appeared there, and why had she been so remarkably calm after spending six days alone? The strangeness would only grow. According to David Pilatus, Mr. Pilatus, Mustache Pilatus, he has the most epic mustache. I'm just envious that I can't grow one like that. (laughs) There were several peculiarities when police actually spoke to Catherine. She allegedly claimed that she did not remember much about the six days she had been missing, merely stating she had eaten berries to stay alive and found herself in that cave. Pilatus has mentioned that the area was overgrown with many types of poisonous berries, 
So that she chose the right ones to eat has been some craziness, especially since she had no outdoor experience. She did explain that when she had gone missing, she had simply been unable to find her campsite or her father and brothers, despite being just 30 yards away from them. And she would also claim that on several occasions, she had shouted out to people searching for her, but that they had apparently not been able to hear her. She would go on to say that she had seen the tracker dogs, but she was too scared to approach them. Now, according to Pilatus, she also made the strange mention of how she had slept in, quote, warm grass on the first night she went missing without elaborating on what that statement really meant. Warm grass? That's what she says. Hmm. All of these weird clues have led to a lot of speculation as to what happened to Catherine. One theory is that she was lured away from her family by strange, unexplained forces and possibly even carried to where she was found and taken care of by these unknown entities. Other theories include fairies, UFOs, and our friend, the Bigfoot. Now, local that doesn't that doesn't explain the the yelling for help and no one responding, and that doesn't explain the warm grass and and she never mentioned. It's any like there's a, a entities or any big no she didn't there's creatures like, such as the Sasquatch. It's like there's a thin veil in a lot of these cases where she's in another dimension, but she can see into our dimension. And so when she tries to yell, a lot of people that have survived some of these have stated that they can see those searchers, but they can't make contact with them. And they also state your friends, the shadow people, are in the periphery. Ugh. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) Now, local historians noted that the area was once feared as a place of spirits by local indigenous tribes. And the naysayers have thrown some shade as to how the case has been presented. They state the more outlandish elements have been emphasized to make it more mysterious than it really is. Well, hell, you are going to hang on some of these crazy things that this young lady said. You are going to emphasize the fact that she walked 30 miles. She's found in her bathing suit with a couple of mosquito bites and some scratches. But she's no worse to wear, some of these people. But anyway, however, all of these seemingly strange clues and the fact that this little girl in a swimsuit was found alive in the late 1940s, six days in the wilderness, have managed to keep this a internet favorite. So what do you believe happened to Miss Catherine Van I think she slipped into another dimension, to be honest with you. I think so, too. I, th- I think that's a good explanation for it. Just the simple fact that she's calling for help and no one's responding, and she somehow got to where she got without her feet being completely shredded. I mean, it's a good explanation as any, because there's no explanation. If you don't get into the supernatural, you can't explain it. No, you can't. There's no there's no explanation for it. It's similar to the Dennis Martin story, except this one has a great outcome, because in the Dennis Martin story, you know, 
they there's another couple on what was it the other side of that valley that think they saw what everybody now thinks is a Sasquatch carrying Dennis up the hill. Yeah. And we've covered that before and we kind of think there's some feral people in some of these areas that may do harm to people, but I I don't think that it's similar in the fact that she kind of disappeared under some strange circumstances like Dennis did. But this is similar to the I want to say time slip and it's not time slip. It's kind of just you've stepped over into an alternative universe reality that you can still see what's going on, but you're kind of in this bubble. Yeah. And the funny thing, or not funny, but the I guess the most peculiar thing of the of her whole story is the fact that that whole area is littered with poison berries, and somehow she figured out how to eat the right ones. Unless she, it's as simple as there's blackberries up there, and the kid loved blackberries. That could be a, that could be a, an explanation, but yeah, if you can't identify the berry, it's not a good idea to eat it. No, it is not. Which now, is odd. I know it's odd that there, you know, there are good berries, bad berries, good mushrooms, bad mushrooms. It's just weird. How the hell? I don't care if I was in the forest for months. There's no way you could ever get me to eat a mushroom that I can't identify. No, sir, I am not eating anything out mushroom wise now i'll eat blueberries or blackberries because i know what they look like and what the the bushes look like but other than that you are not catching me eating anything no so our last well before we get to that i meant to tell you beforehand i had a listener contact me telling me that they had saw the hat man as well Mm -mm. yeah i said so the hat man came into my bedroom one night, and I've never screamed such a guttural sound in my life. Terrifying. Nah, and I, I said, part of that. I said, well, were you sleep deprived? She said, no. I was sleeping and woke up to seeing him slip in my cracked door. Mm-mm. I've heard people say they've seen him too. Nope, 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 and nope. I said, yeah, he's terrifying. He don't fuck around. Don't fuck around with a hat man, bro. No. Just don't do it. All right, anyway, I'm sorry. I meant to tell you that. No, that's quite all right. So the last one is from Down Under. And this Uh-oh. is Mr. Another Three-Year-Old, uh, Anthony A.J. Elfalock from Putty, Australia. I'm sure I'm butchering both of those. Uh Young AJ went missing on September 3rd, 2021. And now Putty is roughly 75 kilometers or 46.6 miles south of Singleton in the New South Wales Hunter Valley. On Friday, New South Wales police responded to reports shortly before 12.30 p.m. that AJ had gone missing from his family home. To make matters worse, authorities are told that AJ is autistic and nonverbal. This would make a normal missing three-year-old search infinitely harder. Now, officers conducted an extensive search operation coordinating with local authorities, including New South Wales Ambulance, State Emergency Service, Rural Fire Service, and the Volunteer Rescue Association to try and locate young A.J., Hundreds of emergency service volunteers also helped in the rescue operations to find him. 
On Monday, September the 6th of 2021, around 11.30 a.m., A.J. was spotted by a police helicopter just a mere 500 meters, or 547 yards, from his home crouching in a creek in the dense bush that surrounds his house. A.J.'s father, Anthony Elphalak Sr., said his son had been bitten by ants had quite the cuts and scrapes on him and a severe diaper rash, but other than that, he was doing very well. Investigators were at a loss as to how A.J. could have survived without anything to eat for 72 hours in temperatures that dropped 2 degrees centigrade or 35 degrees Fahrenheit. So he spent three nights alone in this horrible terrain in those conditions, and only came out with a diaper rash and some cuts and scratches. Minor cuts and scratches, I guess I should say. Another mystery is how A.J. turned up in a creek just 500 meters away from his house. This would indicate that he was able to avoid highly trained tracking dogs since his disappearance Friday, as well as fooling a helicopter fitted with infrared technology, not to mention the hundred of cert- hundreds of searchers making their way through the nearby bush. From the very beginning of the investigation, it was feared A.J. may have been snatched. His mother, Kelly, initially claimed she feared A.J. was abducted, saying that he was not a wanderer and would not have ventured off alone. Huh. On Friday, the family had noted seeing a suspicious white ute on the property, which was... The- then seized from a property at Bolga, which is 78 kilometers or 48 and a half miles northeast of where Anthony was last seen, for the non-European and non-Australian listeners, a ute is the modern-day El Camino. Oh, nice. And I'm kind of like the guy that I want. There's a comedian out of Texas, and he gets, he's... If you follow Facebook, I'm sure you've seen one of his reels or videos where he does the trucks and he, he kind of is like, this guy's a hard hat. And then he did, he, I think he started doing boot reviews. If you see a woman wearing these boots, anyway. He, <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Uh, Jerry Wayne something. Um, but anyway, he said, if, we're, if this country's going to go for a ute, just bring back the damn El Camino. And I happen to agree with him. So just hours before AJ was found on Monday, a family friend, Alan Hamsham, told the Australian Today Show CCTV footage from around the time of Anthony's disappearance had gone missing. Quote, there was one key factor, and this is probably the first time I've actually mentioned this. I installed the cameras on that post right there. There's footage missing, unexplained. Footage is there days before and days after, but not during the time AJ disappeared. You know what's more alarming? We installed the cameras so high you can't tamper with it, and we had two mechanisms of storage, cloud storage and physical storage, and there's no data in that time slot on either. We provided the username and password to the police. We provided them the actual original memory card. There's a lot of explaining to do, end quote. At the time of AJ's disappearance, Mr. Hashem said he feared Anthony had been abducted quote without a doubt for the simple reason he is on the spectrum of autism but he is always quite afraid and attached to his mum he said 
Now, Superintendent Chapman said police would investigate what happened to the CCTV footage. Quote, I don't understand what has happened with some footage. However, it will subsequently form part of our inquiries. Now, they find this ute in a bordering town, and it turns out to be nothing. There were some things said about the family and... No, I, it's you know, it's just armchair people screwing around and, you know, thinking they know all these things. You have no idea how you're going to react until you're in that situation. Agreed. But those were four stories of children found. All of them were three years old, except for Miss Van Oust, who was eight or nine. I can't remember. She was eight. Yes, she was eight. I did the old scroll not fast enough. But anyway. Well, it's pretty fortunate. I mean, these are weird stories, but at least that they were all found alive and safe. We can't really explain what happened to them, but at the very least, we're not talking about murder, death, kills. What did you just mouth motherfucker for? I can't find. I had a whole <laughs> like another two pages of notes and just like these disappearances, all those notes are gone. I'm going to blame it on the weather. What? You had two more pages of notes. Now we're not going to be able to share them with our adoring fans. Yeah, I don't understand what happened to them. Like I had all of the um all of the, like the, the bear guy, I had a couple of more things with AJ's case and freaking gone. Well, take a minute to find them. Well, and I we can edit this out. No, I have been. That's the problem. I mean, it's literally gone. It's not on my thumb drive. It's not in the word previously not saved thing. None of that shit. So, I mean, it's gone. But anyway. So not in your Google Drive? Nope, I did not back it up to my Google Drive, which may, you would think saving it to is the computer and a thumb drive would suffice, but obviously I am wrong. Is it not in your Dropbox? Nope, not in the old Dropbox either, dude. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on. Hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know. The unprofessionalism that you've exhibited today it, I know, is it's, it's, amazing to me. <laughs> as, <laughs> as hard as I work at this podcast to I deal just, with you. I just dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. But no, I was trying to remember it. Um, I kind of touched on the bear guy in that I just don't have his name and I can't find the article that he was referenced in. But... Um, he teaches wilderness survival, and then he's also teaches about bear behavior. But like I said, in that case with Casey, you know, that he wanted to make sure people didn't just start walking out in the woods in North Carolina like, here, bear, hey, bear, come here, bear. Well, clearly it's not typical bear behavior. I mean, we could all agree to that. I don't think we need an explanation to know that bears don't typically befriend small children and take care of them in the woods. No. If it was a bear, it's very atypical behavior. But I don't think it was a bear. And the only thing that I can remember for AJ's case was that it it was 
the mom is interviewed by the Today Show down there, and there's some. They're trying to like say something about how they acted, but there's video footage from the helicopter that finds him. He's just sitting there in the brush or the bush, I should say, eating berries right in front of the little creek that runs through the property. I mean, none the wiser. And the thing with that is, and you know, with nonverbal autistic three-year-olds, it's hard to get them to get away from their parents, much less be in, they're very like sensitive, have sensory overload. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so for him to be stung by ants, scratched up by briars and the and the thorns and stuff and then just to be kind of on his own eating berries is a miracle in itself yeah coming from a man who taught three-year-old autistic kids this year i can assure you that sensory overload is a major problem major yeah these are i mean it's all it's just it's amazing to me three of the four cases that we just covered were three-year-olds the casey's is the one you know, we originally had Riker just because that picture of him before and after is crazy. Yeah, he, for just two days, I mean, that's kind of weird to say, just two days alone in the woods. He looked like he went through some shit. Yes, he did. Didn't even look like, the, he doesn't even look like the same person. No. Then the Casey Hathaway story, I remember it happening, and there was a big push for, you know, everybody was saying, hey, this is straight up, that wasn't a bear, that was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch taking care of that young man. And that that one baffles me with how he, it's the way it's explained in those articles, it's like someone physically pushed him into that briar, and he was just hung up there, and not weighing a lot, he was kind of suspended off the ground, and to get through or, yeah, get through that shit and get to him, searchers have to wade through waist-high water, which would have been over his head. And he's, while he is soaked to the core, he's not showing any signs of hypothermia for being out in the weather as long as he was with those temperatures as low as they were. Yeah. Yeah, this missing 411 stuff just gets weird. Like, I don't even, like, it gets so weird that I don't even want to go to national parks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know, man. Speaking of national parks, did you see the news story where the guy was warned several times at Yellowstone to not go near the, the, um, the pools, the heat, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but the super hot water, yeah, the hot springs. And he was told several times not to go near him, but what did he do? He walked over to one, just stuck his hand right in. <laughs> I mean, what, he are you, got what are you going to say? I mean, seriously, what are you, what are you going to say? I mean, people, this, this is like laws of nature. If you, if we will just stop putting warning labels on things, we'll call the herd. Yeah. I mean, if you're dumb enough not, not to know, not stick your hand in a damn, geothermal pool is going to yeah. pull the skin right <laughs> off your bones. Yeah. He pretty much pulled up. He pulled, pulled his hand back out and it was pretty much just bones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I have no idea. 
Yeah, I was reading, like, if you ever read the Darwin Award books, I remember one that was the the, the park ranger stopped it, but he could have culled the herd himself. He walked up on a lady who was spreading peanut butter on her son's face so the grizzly bears could, no. not black bears, no. grizzly no. bears. She's wanted to p- take a picture of her son with the grizzly bears licking his face. Like, you are seasoning the meat. <laughs> That's called a rub or yeah. a brine. <laughs> yeah. You are you are creating <laughs> nothing but temptation for this bear. Oh my god, people just every day I'm just amazed by stupid people. I really am. I don't I mean, but anyway, we've kind of beat this one to death, you know, we Unlike some podcasts out there, we will continue to do these missing 411 cases when we get a couple of them together. God knows he's got well, enough cases that we can continue to, to do. Dude, he's got, what, nine books now? Yeah, that latest documentary he did on how it's kind of some of those missing cases and the clusters are kind of tied directly to some UFO activity is mind-blowing, too. See, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. I want it to still be Sasquatch. I want them to all be Sasquatch. Well, I want that. <laughs> I want it to be Sasquatch, or there's these state parks. Is where the dimensional thing is real thin, and you can just slip in and out of it. Well, and then you got the cave systems. If you look at the map of the disappearances and clusters to the cave systems, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know, but anyway, you got a recommendation there, Slappy? I'm going to recommend, um, it's on HBO Max, or just Max now. It's uh, it's probably on Discovery Plus still, but, you know, Max took over Discovery Plus, which is awesome, because you get all those shows now. You get all the Mythbusters and the whatnots and all that. But I'm going to recommend Calls from the Inside is a show about cases that were helped solve because the suspects were too stupid to not realize that the phone calls in jail are being recorded. <laughs> well, there's it's pretty a couple, funny. There's a couple but, of them that are pretty famous right now for being stupid. But but specifically, season two, episode four is from my hometown, and it's actually the murder uh, – uh, was committed less than three miles from where I grew up, like my my childhood home. And in my, my small town, there's not a, there's not many murders. So no, no. For it to be that close to my actual childhood home is pretty amazing. It's crazy. Well, my recommendation is on the Hulu. It is called Dead Man's Curse. And it is about Schlumax Lost Gold Mine in Pitt Lake area. These are all Canadian prospectors on the hunt for a famous gold mine. It's pretty good. There's eight episodes, and it's been picked up again by History Channel Canada, so there will be a season two eventually. Um, it's very Oak Island-esque. They're like approaching it from all angles, tracking down every lead, everything that even things that they don't think tie into the story. 
They have the blessing of the indigenous tribes up there. So it's very, very good, very put well put together. So are you still watching Oak Island? I gave up on that shit. I did too. I think fig- I figure if they actually find it, it'll make the actual news. Yeah. So and I, then I can to, go back you know, and watch that season. Yeah, like yeah. dude. I watched like nine seasons of that and they're like Ugh. They find little tiny things that keep you interested, but man, eventually it's just like if something's down there, which I'm fairly sure there is, they're just never going to get to it. No, I don't think they will either. I do think they've proven that something's down there. I agree with that. But they, whoever created that booby trap, did a really good job, and you're just never going to get to it. I agree with that, too. And I just I couldn't take the narrator anymore. I know, and it's going just, back. If you look at it, this is how pissed off I used to get. I would start watching an episode, and then I would fast forward when they would go back. Now, remember, last year or in 2017, I was like, no, I don't. I, yeah, I remember it because I've been watching the damn show. Just You don't have to do that. Let's get to the stuff today. <laughs> or if it was just like, they, they find a button. A button on Oak Island? Could it be? Could this be the Knights Templar? <laughs> and it turns out to be like a 19th century British officer button. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Everything was. Could it be, the Knights Templar? <laughs> no, it's a button. No, now that lead cross is was phenomenal. They found it, and I love that guy, that uh, British guy that does the uh, metal detecting. Oh yeah, absolutely. He is Bobby Dazzler, a Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> but anyway. All right, Coach, well, you got anything else for the fine people out there this week of July the 1st? You know I don't. Deuces.